Hello. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 92 of Benny in the Booth podcast. Thank you so much for the support to this point. I very much do appreciate it. Um, I am doing this for the first time from Israel. Uh, I just got in uh, tonight, Israel time by you. It's all well, today. Um, but it's going to be usual episodes, just going to be all pre-recorded instead of live. Uh, I've got Immaculate Grid in front of me, MLB Weekly Recap, NFL Week 1 pre- Recap, Week 2 Predictions, and College Football Week 2 Recap, and Week 3 pre- Preview. So let's get right into it. So with today's Immaculate Grid, the board uh, for audio listeners is met the top is Mets 300 plus wins in the career pitching and 300 plus saves in the career pitching. And then the bot, the um, down is Giants, Braves, and Phillies. So let's start off with the Mets column. So Mets, Giants, Algar, Alfonso, I'm pretty sure played for uh, both. He did 2%. That's a good find. Okay, Braves and Mets. Braves and Mets. Um, Glavin played for both. Could go Tom Glavin. I'm wondering if that's going to be too obvious. Part of me thinks it might be. Okay. Um, Lucas Duda, I think, played for the Braves. Um... But is enough of a safe bet to go with it? I'm like 95. I don't usually look these up when I do it with you guys, but like, I really just want to look it up to be sure. But I'm pretty sure Lucas Duda was a brave. Here we go. Am I correct? Yes. So, being that. Glavin's probably be the more popular answer. I'm going to go Lucas Duda. That was a good find, 0.6%. Glavin probably was up close to up top, if not the highest. Okay. Uh, Phillies, Mets, Wagner works there. And honestly, I think I'm just going to go Billy Wagner. 2%, not bad. Okay. 300-plus career wins. Matthewson do with Giants? Yes, 25%. Okay. Braves. I know Smoltz did. Spawn? Yes, 10%. Okay. Phillies. Robin Roberts. There's a chance he did. Uh, Cliff Lee, I'm not so sure. Doc Holliday might have. I'm going to go Robin Roberts. Okay, he did not. I'm going to skip it then. Okay, 300 plus career saves. Robin Nen get that? Yes, and probably the highest answer. Braves, 300 plus saves. Suter, 12%. And then Phillies, 300 plus saves. Took Wagner. 
think Papelbaum might actually. I was correct. 38%. Not bad. So missed one. Let's see. I. Well, Papelbaum and Nen were the answers I had highest. It's a good thing I didn't go Glavin because he was the highest for Braves. And that's the 30%. Highest for Giants, Mets is Willie Mays. That makes sense. Played at the end of his career with Mets. 300 plus wins for the Giants. Highest was Randy Johnson, oddly enough. Interesting. I mean, he got the milestone with the Giants, but interesting. Nen for saves, that makes sense. Glavin for th- Braves and Mets is highest. 300 plus wins. Highest was Greg Maddox, actually, which kind of makes sense. And then for saves is Craig Kimbrell. That makes sense. Phillies met the highest is Lenny Dykstra, of course. I f- almost forgot about that. Nails, literally part of 86 Mets and the 93 Phillies, who both made the World Series. 86 Mets won, 93 Phillies lost. Uh, Steve Carlton is the highest for 300-plus career wins. Pitching for the Phillies, that makes sense. And then Papillon for saves. Uh, the most struggling area for people uh, was Phillies and 300-plus career wins. How many different answers is there? Four different answers. Let's see what my options would have been. Okay. Um, uh, Phillies. Carlton. I'm not sure who the other ones were, but Carlton's the only one that I saw that I know was Phillies. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that is the Immaculate Grid. So going to stop sharing, and now let's get to the main part of the episode. And we're going to start off with NFL Week 1 because what a week we had. Uh, by the way, if you missed out, I had posted an immediate reaction YouTube short to the Lions uh, Chiefs opening night game. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go check it up. Uh, check it out on the YouTube channel. Link to the YouTube channel is always in the description through Linktree uh, to the YouTube channel. Or if you're on YouTube, you can just check on my uh, cha- check on the channel under uh, Shorts. Uh, but if you didn't catch it, uh, the the Lions won twenty one twenty. There were so many evident things from this game. And the turning point to me was Brian Branch, 50-yard pick six off Mahomes. That was off a pass off Kadarius Tony's hands. I was literally in his hands, in and out, pick six, turned the game around. And then David Montgomery had to go ahead, uh, rushing touchdown to give the Lions a lead that they would hold on to. But you could tell so much from this game that they were missing Travis Kelsey and that Mahomes cannot do it alone. And I don't even go out to the extent and say, I think if Kelsey's there, I think he gets the ball on, on the pick six play instead of Kadarius Tony. And I think on top of that, the pick six doesn't necessarily happen because Kelsey's got better hands than Kadarius Tony, and it's not even close. Uh, but it is what it is. It's how it played out, and uh, we'll have to see what happens from here on out. But, uh, yeah, Lions beat the Chiefs. Big statement showing that they are for real, even if was without Kelsey. Not even really factor Frank Clark in the equation, though. Definitely tough for that. They were without him, but he'll be back. He got a one signed a one year deal, which basically is Saquon's status. Um, 
But yeah, Browns Bengals. I was shaky on this game trying to predict it. I had said Bengals for the podcast, and well, the Browns actually won twenty-four to three. It was raining. It was a sloppy game. Browns turned over the ball twice on a pick that wasn't really Watson's fault because it was tipped before it got intercepted. And then Jerome Ford uh, fumbled, uh, but that was kind of that was more his fault. Um, not then not his fault. Uh, but anyways, but the Browns were able to still win, and a huge part was their defense showed up big time. And you took a big difference between last year and this year uh, with the new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, who used to be with the Lions, and the Eagles, among other teams, as a, defense, as a head coach or defensive coordinator. And the crazy stat from this game is the Bengals started the game with seven straight punts. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six, seven straight punts. And barely led to points because Browns... I will say, though, a huge plus also from this game for Cleveland was Hopkins made all of his kicks, which that was the best thing, one of the best things they needed uh, after cutting Cade York. Uh, but the Browns won 24-3, their first home win since 2004 on September 12th against the Ravens in a 20-3 win. Burr only threw for 82 yards passing. Chase had five catches for 39 yards. Higgins had nothing, and it was just... Uh, almost utter domination by the Browns. And they even took Burrow out with six minutes left. Also, one of the stupidest decisions the Bengals made in this game was they tried going for it on fourth down in their own territory, which you'd basically be giving, on a turnover on downs, you'd basically be giving the Browns the ball right within the red zone. They don't convert because Miles Garrett sacked him and it led to the Browns ceiling touchdown, which they went for two and got the two-point conversion. Uh, but yeah, Browns won 24-3. Giants, not Giants, San Francisco 49ers were all over Pittsburgh 37. It was not even a competition. And a big blow for Pittsburgh uh, for this game is that for next week is Cameron Hayward's going to be out a few weeks with the injury. And they're playing the Browns Monday night, and I'll get to my prediction. But here's one thing I'm going to say about the Browns. The biggest thing that Pittsburgh should be fearing from the Browns win against Cincinnati not only did they beat Cincinnati, they beat Cincinnati without their offseason addition in the secondary in one Thornhill. Which, obviously, it's not a, who's out with the injury, calf injury. It's not a guarantee Thornhill's going to even be back for the Pittsburgh game. But if he's, but that's a memo that the Browns defense can be even scarier depending on when Thornhill comes back. But either way, not just... Are they scary at the moment? Possibly. But they could get even scarier once Juan Thornhill's back. So you really got to be concerned if you're Pittsburgh. Uh, and it should be interesting Monday Night Football matchup. Uh, but anyways, uh, everyone thought going into the Packers-Bears that new quarterback for the Packers with uncertainty, new year, new Bears, new Packers, whole different story. Absolutely not. Packers and Jordan Love dominated the Bears. 38-20 to 20 at Soldier Fields, continuing the memo that new Bears, new Packers, new Packers quarterback, same story. Uh, Cowboys utterly destroyed the Cow- the uh, Giants on Sunday Night Football, 40 to nothing. 
they had the Giants that were going for a field goal that ended up leading to touchdowns to the Cowboys' first points, which was basically a blocked field goal returned by Noah Igbenogbeni uh, for a touchdown. And it was just all Cowboys all night long. And then last night, the big blow news to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers made his debut not too long in, sacked, comes out with an Achilles injury, came out today that is a torn Achilles and will be out for the rest of the year. However, thanks to going to overtime on a doink-in field goal by Tyler Bass, Xavier Gibson took the punt return after the Bills' first drive, which was the first drive in overtime, 65 yards for the game-winning touchdown, and the Jets' 22-16 win over the Bills. Predictions this week, I did not have such a good week. I went 7-9. and nine. Standings, uh, Jets and Dolphins are tied for first at 1-0. and oh. Bills and Patriots are tied for third at 0-1. Oh Browns and ba- Ravens are tied for first at 1-0. and oh. Bengals and Steelers are tied for third at 0-1. Oh the Jaguars are in first at 1-0, and oh, followed by the everyone else at 0-1 oh in the south between the Titans, Colts, and Texans. In the West, the Raiders are the only 1-0 team. Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers are all 0-1. Chargers had lead and blew it against Miami. Uh, The Cowboys and Commanders are tied at 1-0. And Eagles all have 1-0 record, except the Giants are 0-1. The Packers and Lions are both tied at 1-0, while the Vikings and Bears are tied at 0-1. The Falcons and Buccaneers Buccaneers and Saints all have 1-0. While the Panthers are 0-1. And then Rams and Giants are 1-0. While Seahawks and Cardinals, and the Seahawks failed this week against the Rams, are both 0-1. That is uh, standings update. So let's get right into week two the NFL season predictions. Thursday night football and all these times are going to be Eastern, even though I'm in a whole completely different time zone. Uh, Thursday night football kicks off. With Vikings at the Eagles, which will be in two days uh, on at 8.15 on Amazon Prime Video. A rematch of the 2017 uh, NFC Championship game. I have the Eagles winning this game. Minnesota blew the, their game against Tampa. They did not look good. And maybe proving last year was a fluke. Packers at Falcons, 1 o'clock on Fox. I have the Packers. Falcons were solid in their win, but I think Packers are better. Raiders at Bills. I have the Bills 1 p.m. on CBS. Ravens at Bengals 1 p.m. on CBS. I have the Bengals. Seahawks at at Lions at 1 p.m. on Fox. I have the Lions. Colts at Texans 1 p.m. on Fox. I have the Colts. Chiefs at Jaguars rematch of last year's divisional round game 1 p.m. on CBS. I have the Chiefs. Bears at Buccaneers, 1 p.m. on Fox. I have the Buccaneers. Chargers at Titans, 1 p.m. on CBS. I have the Chargers. Giants at Cardinals, 4.05 on Fox. I have the Giants. 49ers at Rams, 4.05 on Fox. I have the 49ers. Jets at Cowboys, 4.25 on CBS. If Rodgers was still playing, I would pick the Jets, but I with him out, and it's being Zach Wilson, I have the Cowboys, though I do give him credit for still competing even without Rodgers in. Uh, Commanders at Broncos, 425 on CBS. I have the Broncos. Dolphins at Patriots, Sunday Night Football, 820 on NBC. I have the Dolphins. 
two Monday Night Football games this week. Saints at Panthers, 715 on ESPN. I have the Panthers. And then Monday Night Football, 815 on ABC. Steelers is Browns at Pittsburgh facing the Steelers. And I think the Browns are going to win this game. So that is my week two predictions. We'll see how they play out. Let me know what your week two predictions are in the comments below or a lot in the comments below. I was about to say live chat, but I almost forgot that this isn't even live. Uh, anyway, so college football week two, there aren't a lot of keynotes, uh, but there is some Ohio State bounced back this week after their quarterback did not do so good. He threw three touchdowns in Ohio State's 35-7 win over Youngstown State. Now, yeah, they probably could have scored more and won by bigger amount against Youngstown State, but they need the bounce back from McCord, and he definitely bounced back. Uh, Washington State beat number 19, Wisconsin 31-22, number Miami beat number 23, Texas A&M, 48-33. And the biggest upset of the week, number 11, Texas, who a year ago at home against Alabama lost by one, went to Bama and beat Bama 34-24, becoming the first team since 2019. Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers go into Bama and beat Bama at uh, their stadium, which is a rarity in college football. Uh, the only key matchup to watch out for this week is uh, number nine, Tennessee at Florida, 7 p.m. On, on ESPN. Otherwise, there aren't really any other key notable games. One second. Okay, so let's now get into MLB Weekly Recap. Um, so go, since last episode, Stanton two-run homer in six marks 400th career homer and did so in the, four, in the fourth fewest games in MLB history and Yankees 5-1 win over the Tigers. Jose Altuve had a three-homer game in first three innings and four over four straight innings going back to the previous game and is first to do so in expansion era since 1961 and Astros 14-1 win over the Rangers with another six scoreless innings mark marks Chris Bassett's ninth such start this season which is most this season and tied with Roger Clemens in 1997 for the most in a season in Toronto in Blue Jays history in a 7-1 win over the eight Oakland A's Sorry about that. Uh, down 5-1, the Diamondbacks scored 11 unanswered runs from bottom of the third till bottom of the eighth in 12-5 win over the Rockies. Nine-run fifth leads Marlins over the Dodgers 11-4. Jason Dominguez in first game in, the, in Yankees game in the Bronx. Three hits, including a homer in Yankees 4-3 win over the Tigers, though he is sadly out for the rest of the year with a torn UCL, which is sad to hear, but happy at least got a lot of success at the big leagues because he was really doing well before he got hurt. Uh, Jose Bray had a 207 RBI game in the Astros 12 3 win over the Rangers. Jordan Waller in his major league debut got his first major league hit in Dimeback 6 2 win over the Cubs. He also had a big defensive play. Tommy Fan had a two homer game for the Diamondbacks. Spencer Torgerson had a two homer game leading the Tigers over the Yankees 10 3. Zach Gallon, a complete game shutdown. Dimebacks 1 0 win over the Cubs on Friday with the one run just being because the ball was trapped by Say Suzuki. Not caught that led to run scoring with the fifth inning double. It 
was Freddie Freeman's 53rd double of the season, passing Johnny Frederick for most in Dodgers history from 1929 and Dodgers 8-5 win over the Nationals. Correa on his first Carlos Correa in his first game versus the Mets after the eventful offseason with the Mets where he signed but didn't end up signing because of medicals. Uh, Homer in the first at-bat via game-tying solo home run and met Twins 5-2 win. George Springer, Tomer game, leads Blue Jays over the Royals 5-1. Sawyer Gibson Long in a major league debut starting pitcher for the Tigers went five innings, giving up four hits, two earned runs, zero walks, five strikeouts, getting the win in Tigers 3-2 win over the White Sox. Yankees win 4-3 after being combined no-hitter into the 11th and a 4-3 win versus Milwaukee in like 13 innings between Burns, Williams, Abner Uribe, and one other reliever. Uh, C.J. Abrams, two more game leads the Nationals over the Pirates 6-2. Tommy Pham, in return to Mets since being traded, hit game-tying solo home run in the eighth and Diamondbacks 4-3 win. Brandon Woodruff threw a complete game shutout in Brewers 12-0 win over the Marlins. And Logan O'Hoppy, two home game in the Angels 8-5 win over the Mariners. That is the weekly recap in terms of notes, standings, update. With actually the first uh, playoff spot being clinched, actually. Uh, but we'll get into that as we get into the standings. Uh, AL East, Orioles still in first place, 91-52. Their magic number to clinching division is 16, with a race three games behind the 89-56. AL Central, the Twins at 79-5-69 first place. Magic number is 11, with the Guardians 7.5 back at 68-77, and followed by the Tigers 8.5 back at 66-77. and Followed by AL West, the Astros in first place at 82 and 63. Their magic number to win the division is 17. Followed by the Rangers at 79 64, two games back. Followed by the Mariners at 79 65, two and a half games back. NL East, the only team to clinch a playoff spot, the Atlanta Braves at 94 and 50. Their magic number to clinch a division is four, so they're most likely going to be the first team to clinch a division. For the NL Central, uh, Brewers in first place at 863. Their magic number is 16, followed by the Cubs, who are three games back at 78 and 67, followed by the Reds, who are at 74 and 71, seven games back. And for the NL West, it's 87. The Dodgers are first place at 8756, with their magic number being seven to clinch their division. So they'll probably be second to clinch the division and probably not too far off uh, from uh, clinching a uh, playoff spot as well. Imagine that will be happening sooner than later uh, for the Dodgers. And then wild card standings update. First place are the Rays up nine games, followed by the Blue Jays who are half game up, followed by the Rangers 79-64 with magic number to clinch the wild card being at 19, followed by Seattle who's a half game back, followed by the Red Sox 73 and 76 games back, followed by the Yankees at 71 and 72, eight games back. And then for the NL, Phillies in first three and a half up, at 79-65, followed by the Cubs, who are two games up, followed by the Diamondbacks, who are 76-69, with their magic number to clinching the wild card spot, being at 17. And then tie for fourth between the Giants, Marlins and the Giants, both one and a half back, both at 74 and 70, followed by the Reds, who are 74 and 71, two games back, followed by the Padres at 68 and 77, eight games back, followed by the Pirates at 66 and 78, nine and a half games back. And then as for today's schedule, there is a game going on, and a game going to be very starting very soon at the time of me recording this at 4-12 your time, 11-12 my time. Uh, Yankees are up over the Red Sox in Boston, 3-2, bottom of the ninth. The second game is going to be starting at 7-10. Bottom of the ninth is about to start there, so nothing has happened just yet. Um, rest of the schedule, 
The Royals and White Sox play a doubleheader today with Game 1 being at 440 and Game 2 being at no official time yet, uh, depending on when Game 1 finishes. Uh, Nationals at Pirates at 635, Cardinals at Orioles at 635, Reds at Tigers at 640, Braves at Phillies at 640, Rangers at Blue Jays at 7.07, Diamondbacks at Mets at 7.10, Reds, Yankees at Red Sox at 7.10, Rays at Mets, Mar- Twins at 7.40, Marlins at Brewers at 7.40, A's at Astros at 8.10, Rockies at Cubs at 8.40, with hopefully a major league debut for the Cubs in uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, who they called up. He actually pinch ran uh, in their win yesterday uh, and also came up to hit, but he just did a sacrifice bunt, so not really much of anything. But this will be his official uh, Major League debut, hopefully tonight. Uh, Mar- Angels and Mariners, 940. Guardians and Giants, 945. And then Dodgers, Padres and Dodgers at 1010. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, I will also be doing this without a mic uh, until I get back from Israel. Uh, but yeah, that is this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you are new here, leave a like, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. And you leave a like, hit the subscribe button, leave a notification button so you're notified when I go live and or post a new video. If you're new on audio, follow the podcast, leave a review, hit the notification button so you're notified when I post on there. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And I will see you in next week's episode, episode 93. Bye-bye.